This is the Decoding Obesity Podcast, where we simplify, demystify, and decode obesity, helping you lose weight and feel great. So gear up for a fascinating journey through this ever-evolving field, and let's see what we find. And please remember that the thoughts and opinions on this podcast do not constitute medical advice. Don't forget to visit our website, www.decodingobesity.com, for show notes and more info. And now, here's your host of the Decoding Obesity Podcast, Dr. Avishkar Sabarwal. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another exciting episode of the Decoding Obesity Podcast. If this is your first time tuning in, I encourage you to subscribe to the show wherever you're listening so that you can get notified as soon as the new episodes are released. Mark Suma is joining me from Florida to share his story with all of us. Mark has been an educator and a school administrator in Hillsborough County Public Schools since 1998 and is currently a math coach at Mango Elementary School in Sefner, Florida. He is also a founding member of Unico of Greater Tampa Bay, an Italian-American organization with a focus on service above self. Unico fundraises throughout the year to provide scholarship opportunities for graduating high school seniors of Italian-American heritage. Hi, Mark. Hi, how are you? Hi, good. So, Mark, I know we had discussed about your uh, weight loss journey, and it's a fascinating journey that you've had. You know, it's great that you're here to share it with all of us. So when did your weight really become an issue for you? Well, first, let me thank you for having me on. I really appreciate it. Um, when I think about my time with really weight loss, it, it really wasn't something prevalent to me in the beginning start of a part of my life. You know, uh, throughout my childhood, I was fairly thin. I played three sports and I was an athlete all through high school. And I never really thought about my weight. But again, growing up as an Italian American, a lot of our events were centered around food. And it was just a part of our celebration. And I had a grandmother who definitely made sure that I was well fed. And I also had a mom who made sure I was well fed. (laughs) And uh, even in high school, I had a girlfriend who, after I eat dinner at home, I would go and eat at her house. But I played sports, so it didn't really matter. I didn't really think about the weight. And I didn't really think about how much I was eating. A quick story I can even share is when I was 12 years old, we went to a, a ice cream place that had a giant five five scoop sundae, and I would order that, and people would look at me like, "There's no way you're going to eat that." And my father <laughs> would look at him and say, "Say, not only is he going to eat that, he's going to eat the rest of his mom's." Oh so, my god! You know, wow. But I never thought of it, and it was just something. But I was always was able to maintain a good physique, and you know, wasn't overweight at any point until you know, right at, towards the end of my uh, senior year in high school where uh, I was uh, not playing basketball at the time. And I decided that I was just going to take a a break from sports and ended up eating those two meals a night with my girlfriend in high school. And uh, (laughs) it got to a point where I was probably put on 20 pounds, but I didn't even think of it until we took our team picture. And I saw, I was like, wow, uh, I bulked up for baseball and I usually get thin (laughs) for football. So it was kind of weird. So, you know, just that type of thing, just, it stood out from looking at that picture. And then once college came, you really didn't think about it. There was obviously taking part in college traditions. <laughs> so, and you yeah. don't think about those things. And all of a sudden, 
weight starts to gain, you put on the freshman 15 or 20 or whatever you want to call it. And then, <laughs> and, and, but you don't think of it because you're in college and you're, you're, you're still trying to find yourself and learn about yourself. Right. And, uh, and it creeps up fairly slowly on you. It's not like one day you're a certain weight and the next day you're just a whole different weight. It's very slowly over years and you barely notice it. You can only notice it when you look at your pictures from before and you realize, wow, this is very different. Yes. there. I mean, there were plenty of times when, you know, I look at pictures of me progressively throughout and I'm like, oh, you know, I still, I mean, it wasn't heavy, but if you look at my height compared to my weight, you would consider that obese, but it wasn't something that was, was even discussed or anything like that. It was just, you know, I I have wide shoulders and, you know, I have an athletic build. So those types of things really didn't equate to me being heavy. So when I think you can say that like you, I hit it very well, you know, like some people are able to do, but then I just never really thought of it because it didn't really, no one really talked to me about it or questioned me about it. And I really didn't have anybody who made me feel bad about myself. So, you know, it, but it, like right. you said, it progressively just gets more and more and you, and you don't recognize it. Yeah. What do you think um, caused your weight to really spiral out of control? I know you talked about the freshman 15 or 20. <laughs> what, what, what changed? Um, well, honestly, when going through being a three-sport athlete in high school and not participating in athletics in college, with the exception of like intramurals with my fraternity, working out wasn't something very important to me at that point because I was really focusing on my education. Plus also, you know, the social aspect of being in college going to the gym wasn't something that as now it is as important to students. And it wasn't something that was really ingrained in me at that point because it was, well, I'm not training for anything. I'm not trying to work out for a sport. So that one aspect, the exercise kind of went away. And then, you know, you want to indulge, you want to enjoy, you know, after going out on a Saturday night till three in the morning and go to McDonald's or, or a fast food restaurant or, you know, and not think about eating at four 30 in the morning and then sleeping till noon or one, you know, and it just was right, a continuous yeah. cycle. And eventually it just kind of spirals out of, out of your control because you don't, but you don't notice it. You don't think about it. it just, it just happened. Right. And, and when did you really recognize it? And sort what was sort of your, you know, your light bulb moment, as I say, that made you kind of think of it as, you know, wow, I've really gained this weight and I need to do something about it. I had gotten engaged to my college girlfriend, who's now my current my wife, obviously. Uh, and we were getting ready to take our engagement photos. So we were taking our photos and we got our prints back, back when they <laughs> gave your prints after you took your photos. And uh, I noticed that my side of my face just connected all the way to my neck. Like I didn't even have a chin. It was just like, oh, the wow. whole side of my face was there. And I was like, I said to, said to her, I said, do I really look like that? And she said, she said, yeah, that's you. I said, oh, no, 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 no. We're getting married in six months. I can't, I can't even fathom looking like that in front of my family and my friends and looking at photos back 20, 30, 40 years from now, knowing that that's who, what I look like. And I just, I said, I have to do something about it. And that's, that was the point. That was the breaking point. For me. So do you think you lost uh, weight primarily for your wedding or do you think it was uh, you just wanted to lose it because you didn't want to be at that weight anymore. I think it was a one. I definitely did not want to be that weight because I just couldn't even imagine the fact that I was up to uh, around 250, 255 pounds 
that is not even close to somebody who's five foot eleven should be. So uh, just knowing that alone, health wise, but then also when I was thinking about it for, as far as the wedding goes, I want to make sure that I was in the best possible shape putting on a tuxedo, marrying this beautiful woman. And everybody's saying, how did you land her? Because you should do it. <laughs> so, and I know that weight and looks shouldn't matter. But one of those things, it's just, I felt like I wasn't going to be able to be around long enough to maybe see my children get married. So why would I put myself in that health risk? So um, of course, when I went on to my crash diet, if you want to call it that for the six months, I did it the wrong way. I did it a horrible way. I was, yeah, was going to ask you, like, what all did you try before you actually found success? Oh, so I try. I used uh, diet fuel that is over the counter diet fuel, but it had ephedrine. This was back before ephedrine was illegal. And I would take two pills in the morning, two pills for lunch with a little bit of lemonade. Uh, I'd sit in the, in the teacher's cafeteria. Just that's what I'm having for lunch. And you know, my my buddy was like, "What are you doing?" I said, "This is this is my life now." So I had two pills in the morning, wow. two pills in the afternoon, and like a small small dinner, no fast food, no dessert, and then worked out six days a week. And I was, it was not like just, oh, I'm going to do 20 minutes on the treadmill. I was full on hour on the elliptical. And I just had that determination of I'm going to get rid of this. And ultimately I went from 250, 255 down to 185. There was a lot of weight, but I didn't do it the right way. I just did it with, with pills that weren't right for my body. They were just jacking me up and getting me over the counter stuff, not very healthy for me. So when I lost all the weight, now granted the, you know, I finally had abs for the first time since I was in high school um, when I got married, but then I stopped because I didn't have more of a reason to keep losing weight. And it's not sustainable. You know, that, that level of exercise and that type of a diet is not sustainable that's why it's a diet it's not a lifestyle um i like to put it like that at least you have to think about it more in terms of a lifestyle change rather than a diet which is a short fix especially in terms of the mindset that you have when you think about a diet so you said you went down to 185 and then what happened so then right after we got married it was all right well i'm married you know we continued because we didn't have children for another four years until you know so sure. we still maintain our having fun and still being fairly young and being able to travel and do things. And so I didn't really exercise as much, maybe a couple of days a week, but I wasn't on that, that mm -hmm. regimen. I wasn't eating small meals. We were kind of getting back to eating normal or more than normal portions. I just started to kind of get back to the way that I was used to eating and, not, and maybe a little bit more indulging than I had done before. And slowly but surely, we got into the, we, my wife and I got into a routine of eating a little bit more, but she was able to stay fairly in shape. And I was kind of just kept going in the wrong direction. So each, each year, passing year, I was gaining five, six pounds, you know, and then, you know, my wife got pregnant. And then in 2003, so by 2004, when she was getting ready to have her baby, I was, gaining more weight because she couldn't fit any more in her stomach. So, oh, well, I'm not going to waste this food. I'm going to eat her food too on top of my meal. And then I just started to get bigger and bigger. And, but again, I was married. I had a baby on the way I was working and, and no one had said, wow, you're getting heavier. You're getting bigger. So that was not something that, that happened. Even when you are gaining that weight, you had mentioned it was just like five or six pounds a year. 
And if it's just five or six pounds a year, if you're constantly around people, they may not even notice that you're gaining that weight. It's only when you look back retrospectively, you realize that you've gained so much weight after a few years have passed by. Right. Right. Yeah. And then the other thing is if you have certain stressors in life or certain big shifts in life, that's when you usually see the weight pile on. I agree. Because I agree. And, And right around that same time I had started, I had finished getting my master's degree and I was starting my doctoral degree right around 2006, 2007, uh, 2006. So I was constantly in class. I was eating whatever I could because I was trying to get all of my work done. So working on my dissertation, a lot of the things that I spend a lot of time on, it kind of takes you away from a routine of eating healthy meals and exercising regularly and doing the things I need to do on top of working a full-time job. And now I have a child and then we had another child on the way. All of a sudden, like those things start to wow. take precedent over your health. Health, yeah, and exactly. I just didn't, it was something that just, I lost control of. Yeah, and how did you finally achieve success then? What what changed and after all of this was done, what did you do to kind of achieve your success, which you've been able to maintain for this long? Uh, so fast forward from 2006 all the way to 2015, so nine years later, I got to a point where I was back up to around 250. Oh, wow. And yes. So I went to my doctor and he said, well, you need to diet and exercise, but I'm going to let you know that based on your labs, you are pre-diabetic. You have high triglycerides, high cholesterol. You have a fatty liver. And he and I have some really personal conversation. And I explained to him how I have a great fear of death. And he's like, for somebody who has a great fear of death, you are certainly not putting your best foot forward in fighting that battle. So I had to do something. So he suggested initially, just let's try some diet and exercise. And we tried some diet and exercise, come back and let's see. And it just, I lost a little bit, but not nearly what I needed to do. And he was just like, we got to find something else. So he said, there's a new prescription that I'd like for you to try. It's called Sexenda. It is for weight loss. But it is for, you have to have a BMI over 30. He kind of explained all of that to me. Right, yeah. And it's almost, it's not to trick your brain into thinking that you're, but it's sending signals from you through your body to your brain saying, it's about time for you to stop eating. So what we would consider what, or what I would have considered a normal portion size, it's not right. It didn't make me feel sick, but you knew when it was time to stop, whether it was eating food, drinking adult beverages, whatever it was. There was a point that just says stop. It helped me realize that one put me in the frame of mind. I can't overindulge and I can't overeat and I can't overdrink. And I also know that this is something that's my brain, my body didn't know or or lost over time. So now my brain is saying, you need to stop. Putting that in combination. So this was in 2015, putting that in combination with a much more stringent exercise routine three or four times a week. And making sure that I was eating healthy, we were making better choices as a family, because at that time we had a 11 year old and an eight year old. So we want to make sure that, you know, they, we were modeling for them the way right. to be healthy. And from that point forward, from 2015 to the present, I had dropped all the way down to around 200 pounds, which was, which was great for me. So I went and dropped o- over 50 pounds. And then since then, I've been able to maintain most of that. Um, I have been exercising a little bit more and doing a lot more weight training. So I have been able to put on a little bit more muscle, which is a good thing because then you still feel 
thinner or in a, in better shape. You know, right now I'm living right in the range of where I should be based on my body size and body style, body type. So uh, I feel very comfortable. And I'm, I'm just loving the fact that for the last five years, I've been able to maintain and build the success of what my doctors told me about back in 2015. So did you have any resistance to starting medications? I know you had tried over-the-counter ephedrine in the past, which should not be used by anybody, and I strongly recommend against it. And I think any doctor out there would recommend against it. There are medications that have been developed over time, uh, which can be prescribed by your doctor for helping you to lose weight. Did you feel at any point in time, Mark, that, you know, I don't want to try medications. I just want to try just lifestyle changes and see where I get with it. Well, and when I tried the lifestyle changes, because I did, I, I mean, I tried it. And it's one of those things where there was something still not right. And I felt like maybe there is something more behind the science of it. And as an educator, I'm always a big proponent of, this, of the science. What does the science say? So for me, I didn't have a lot of hesitation with the medication because if my doctor, and I have very strong trust in my doctor, knowing that he's an expert in his field, just like I would expect somebody who thinks that as an educator, I'm an expert in my field. So I trust people who are experts in their field uh, to give me something that I, that he believes in and that I can do very easily. Now it was, it's an injectable. So I know some people have some concern about, well, it's an injectable. So I've got to inject myself every day. I didn't even notice it. I mean, it was one, something, something small and you know, you know, and after over time, you don't even think twice about it, but it was one of those things where I was just, it, it, if this is going to be my path and this is going to be my destiny, then I'm going to trust my doctor and his expertise and believe in him and believe in this prescription. And if there's a poster boy for or a poster man for an extender, <laughs> you know, I, I'll, I'll ask Novo Nordis, the company who makes it, to put me on it because I, I, I will tell my story to anyone in it and everyone about the successes of it. And I know that some people have that hesitation about medications. If it's something that your doctor believes in and trusts in and knows that there's positive results from it, it can only be more beneficial to you. In fact, the first time I went back to him a year later, after having done it for a full year, my, my triglycerides were erased. I mean, it was like, he was like, oh my goodness, I've never seen numbers like this. The cholesterol was cut in half. He's like, you have no fatty livers. You're not pre-diabetic anymore. He's like, you have done exactly what you're supposed to do. And I felt great about it. And I have not had any indication of any differences since then. So it's been nothing but positive for me. And I highly encourage just to, to advocate for yourself with your doctor, right? Ask your doctor, listen, there's this something out there that can help me Please let me know because I want to be informed and be able to make that decision. Right, right. And, and uh, I want, just want to point out to our listeners that any medication has to be individualized to the patient. Even though Mark got great success from um, Saxenda, it may or may not be right for you. It's definitely something that uh, listeners should discuss with their doctors if it is right for them or not. It may not be right for them because it certainly has certain contraindications. But if it is right for you and you know if it's a right fit, then it may be something worth trying because it is one of the medications that is approved for weight loss. And the thing is, I, this is today is day 1,896 for me. And I know because I keep track of it every single day. And I've been doing that more for not so much just validation, but to say, you know, I can make it to, to 1,900 
then I can make it to 2000 days. If I working out four days a week and eating right and taking the medication has allowed for me to not think and worry about if I'm going to see my kids walk down the aisle or if I get to meet my grandchildren or living way beyond the 80 years, 90 years, like that's my goal. And again, going back to me being afraid of death, I want to look death in the face and say, you're not getting it for me. And this is part of it. This is part of this is part of my journey. So Mark, did your strategy change from your weight loss to your weight maintenance phase? So uh, one of the things that I made sure that I did is even though I went up in the number of milliliters per day, you know, when I got to my, the highest point, I think it's 3.0 milliliters a day. When I got to that point, the amount that was lost, it goes down a little bit because you, you know, you, it's, you get, have this big weight loss and then you kind of slowly. You hit a plateau. Everybody hits yeah, a plateau. You hit that plateau. But then when you see that plateau and you say, okay, I'm good here. And the only thing that I've noticed, obviously, because of more weight training, it's the weight looks a little bit heavy, a little bit more, but because you, you put on more muscle. And so I've not have not been discouraged about it. In fact, it's actually motivated me to not only do things for my physicality, but also to challenge myself. So I've ran 10Ks. I've my goal is to run a 15K in the next year, in the next two years, run a half marathon. Like all of those things, all of the things that when I had grown up in sports, I, the worst part about sports was, was running. <laughs> so for me to go from somebody who could not stand running with sports and try to avoid the running in sports to actually become a runner, my whole mind has just shifted to, I want to maintain this lifestyle and I want to maintain my body and uh, my mind. So I, it's, it's almost that release too. I've like, you know, you have a stressful day, I can you know, go to the gym and work it out. And I, I feel good after I'm done. I work out with my wife and my daughter. Um, we've got my daughter into doing four days a week with us. So we do this as a family. And my son dances four days a week. So he already, he's, he's, already, and he's already in great shape. So he's good. But so we, the three of us, we work out four days a week together. We dinner together. My daughter makes dinner every night. So we have a healthy meal. And it's just, it's a great opportunity for us as a family to really continue on this journey. She's going to be going to college in two years. I want her to see her mom and I being able to run and be healthy and feel good about knowing that if she goes away to college, she's going to come back and her parents are going to still be here. Yeah, it tells you something about the importance of family support in weight loss because you're working out as a family, you're having food as a family, and that's so important in your weight loss journey. I wouldn't be correct if I didn't say that if it wasn't for my wife, I, none of this would be possible. Like, honestly, she's been my, my rock, my support through all of this. And, and I'm not just saying this to get brownie points. I'm saying it's because she's, because she has been, she's been the one who she trusts in the science. She believes in the exercise. She believes in the healthy lifestyle. And she, she's there right alongside me. She, when we don't work out together, it's almost like there's a piece missing. When we don't eat dinner with each other, it's a piece missing. It's definitely a duo, if not a group effort, but she's the one who really looked at herself in the mirror and made a change and helped me make look in the mirror and make a change. And um, she's been much more successful with running than I have. She has tons of medals of, of half marathons that she's done and races she's, she's ran. And she is my motivation and my kids are my motivation. And if there couldn't be anything more valuable to me than to see them grow up and then to be my support as I'm their support. 
That's an amazing story. Did you feel at any point in time that you were struggling with your weight loss or did you have any struggles in your journey when you were losing the weight? So the challenges were one to to stay on the prescription if once it plateaued. So I was like, I'm really at this point, I'm feeling really good. Should I continue this? And all of the the recommendations and science behind it is you want to make sure you maintain your lifestyle in the way that you feel that is best for you. Whether you you look at it, I think of it as like as something that you take because you know that it's it's there for you it's to set support. Yeah, I mean, it's just like taking a blood pressure pill. Like it's it, once your blood pressure is normal, it doesn't mean you don't take your blood pressure pill. You still need to take it. It it is normal because you're taking that pill. It's not normal because it's just supposed to be normal. And I think it's the same way with any chronic medication, you know, even for weight loss. If you don't take it, your weight's going to creep back up. And science tells us this. We've seen this happen. Um, a lot of times when people start losing their weight, they want to go back to a certain weight, which they had in in their life at some point in time. Did you face that challenge wherein you wanted to go back to a certain weight? You had a certain number in your mind. And did that change? So originally I had that number, that 185 number. I got to that point the wrong way. That was my weight when I left high school. But, and I also remember like back in those pictures that I had abs. So that was my goal. I was like, listen, 185 is where I want to be. And then when I hit that point of 200, that's when like I was kind of my bottom, bottom, yeah, that's the plateau. And I hit that point and I was like, I could do this the wrong way try to get to 185 or I can be, I, I still was very satisfied with being 200. Yeah. I, w- I dropped two pant sizes and I went from wearing extra, extra large shirts to wearing large shirts. Like I was okay with that. So I'm like, you know what? I don't need to be wearing a medium <laughs> and I don't need to you know, go down to wearing, you know, a size 32 waist. I'm good. I mean, I was happy. So I'm happy where I was at. So I had that number initially in my head when I hit 200, I was like, you know what? Yeah, would I love to have a one in front of that one ninety nine? Yeah, sure. That's that's great. It's like going to the gas station and you want that number under two dollars a gallon. It's like, yeah, I would love that. But you know, I was real. I, you know, realistic. I know where I want to be. I'm very happy with being at the weight I am, and I'm going to keep working at it. So there's no, there, I'm not going to quit. And that's very important not to quit because it's not like you reach a certain point and that's the end of it. You have to maintain that lifestyle. And that's why, uh, you know, we talk about the the thing being a lifestyle and not being a diet because that has to be maintained for you to maintain that weight. How long did it take for you to lose your weight from 255 to your current weight? So I went from 255 to, to around 200 in about about 18 months. It took to get to that point. The first, you know, the first 10 shreds off quick. Right. Do you have any last tips for our listeners and what they can do? I mean, your story is, your story is phenomenal. It's so inspiring. But do you have any advice or tips for people who are suffering from obesity? Honestly, first thing is advocate for yourself. Ask your doctor, what are the things that I can do besides just diet and exercise? Because I'm sure that, and I was too, heard that over and over and over again. And just like Charlie Brown's teacher, you don't want to hear wah, wah, wah all the time because it goes in one ear and out the other. The thing that I want people to understand is that even though you advocate for yourself and your doctor may 
prescribe you Saxenda or whatever it is that they, they give you for your for weight loss, you have to stick with it and you have to check in regularly with the, with your doctor, have your blood work done, not blow it off and not say, well, I'll, I'll do it six months from now or I'll do it a year from now or there's no time like the present. And if anybody has noticed with what's happened with uh, COVID-19, a lot of patients who are susceptible to coronavirus are obese. And it's one of the biggest factors in those who are hospitalized and those who potentially pass away. Yeah. Consistency is key. And the fact that you took almost 18 months to get to where your present uh, weight is, I think that uh, say something about this because it's not going to happen over a month or two months. It has to be consistent effort. And it's actually a lifelong effort because you still have to make that effort to maintain that lost weight. It doesn't go away. The effort still remains. Unfortunately, that's the way it is. That's the way our biology is. What science has shown is that no matter what diet you try, in the long term, it's consistency with that diet that matters. So you have to find something that you can individualize for yourself in terms of your lifestyle. But having said that, that may not be the only thing that you need. You know, you're, you've found great success with Saxenda. Um, and, you know, like that, there are a lot of other people who may find benefit from medicines and even surgery if they need it. Well, that was great, Mark. Thank you so much. That's all we have time for today, listeners. Uh, thank you so much for tuning in. Thank you again, Mark, uh, for sharing your story with us. Thank you. Appreciate it. I'll see you all next time. And listeners, if you liked today's episode, please drop us a review or a comment. Tell us what you loved. And even if you did not like anything, just let us know because we're always trying to improve. Do subscribe for more fun and inspiring episodes like this one in the future. You've been listening to the Decoding Obesity Podcast. Please remember, the information in this podcast should not be used in any legal capacity whatsoever. The thoughts and opinions expressed on this podcast are solely of the host and his guests and do not constitute medical advice. Views and opinions on this show do not necessarily represent the views and opinions of any organization. And that brings us to the end of the show. Thank you so much for listening in. Don't forget to visit our website, www.decodingobesity.com for show notes and more info. And if you've enjoyed this episode, please feel free to rate, review, and subscribe on your preferred podcast listening platform. We really appreciate that effort. Until next time.